This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. Sam Hargraves in again for Jack today. We'll work through some of the big statements and big stories of the day, of course, and that's when you get to have your say on them. That's what time on is all about. one 736 is the number. We'll speak to another prospective draftee. He's the brother of a grand final cat. Oliver Henry will be on the show. Another Geelong Falcons footy factory product. And I want to find out from you, has COVID made you closer or further away from your preferred sport? That's the hot topic this evening on Time On. Three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to call at any time. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. You can text me on the temper text zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I hope you've had a fantastic day, no matter what you've been up to. And gee, that's a hard act to follow. Bob and Andy's Ten Commandments to Sport. Um, that is the equivalent of going on after the headline act, isn't it? Uh, that is uh, some very very sharp stuff. I enjoyed that immensely, and there's still a lot of text coming through, uh, and I'm more than happy to read them out because it was such a, a good, fun piece of radio. Uh, 1-300-736-736 is the number, of course, as we work our way through uh, just some of the things that are getting our attention through the day of sports so far. Uh, 1-300-736-736 is the number. Uh, this is just absolutely huge, and why wouldn't we do it straight off the top? Carlton, Gold Coast, and Sydney have conducted a pick swap. There we go. That's a sign of the times this year when we lead off with a pick swap. Uh, the Blues have moved up in order. They've got pick 31. They're sending 48 in their future third uh, round pick to the Swans. The Suns, uh, the Swans have then on traded Carlton's future third round pick to the Suns in exchange for pick 37. Uh, and on and on it goes, and um, it won't change your day-to-day life in any way, shape, or form. Uh, meanwhile, Geelong have delisted uh, Jake Tarker while they've re-signed five players uh, including Quinton Narkel and Darcy Fort, Zach Guthrie, Ben Jarvis and uh, Stefan Oakenbohr have all uh, re-signed as well and been re-contracted. Um, so there we go. So it's a good news story today for uh, the Cats. And they've also announced uh, another very exciting signing, which I'll uh, get the details of very, very soon. Uh, joining us a little later will be Oliver Henry, who's the brother of Geelong defender Jack Henry. So there's a bit of a theme 
a cat's theme developing here. Um, he's the brother of Jack Henry, of course. Uh, he's uh, another midfielder with the Geelong Falcons. Uh, uh, we spoke to, to his uh, teammate yesterday on this show, who was fantastic and got a lot of uh, rave reviews, Tanner Bruin. So no pressure on young Oliver as uh, he gets to make his uh, Airwaves debut this evening. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, of course, uh, is the number. And I'll get to the hot topic of the day uh, in just a moment. But uh, throughout the course of the day uh, on SEN, of course, the uh, just top-line guests continue. And in uh, a day after Dave Noble was announced, uh, or a couple of days after Dave Noble was announced as the new head coach of the North Melbourne Footy Club, uh, his partner in crime, well, not crime, because they, they didn't do anything wrong when they were up in Brisbane, didn't they? Uh, his partner in goodwill and good work. Um, what's the opposite to crime? I suppose just being a law-abiding citizen. His partner in being a law-abiding contributor to the society, uh, Chris Fagan, uh, spoke to SEN Breakfast a little earlier today and uh, about his great mate Dave Noble's uh, acceptance of the job and uh, career move to North Melbourne. Really good footy managers don't grow on trees, um, and he's he's an experienced um, guy, so uh, we'll definitely miss him. Um, but as always, there are good people outside of our club, and there are good people inside of our club who um, potentially have the the ability to take over from where he's taken the club. So um, I'm really happy for him. A little bit disappointed that we've lost him, but mm. know that. You know, this is one of those challenges you look forward to with your culture. You know, if you've built a strong culture, you um, you find that you can replace most people most times. So um, hopefully that's that, that's the case here. But uh, he's made a tremendous contribution over the last four years and has been been, been a, a great support for me. So do you think you'll, you'll replace from within? Uh, not 100% certain. We'll, we'll run a process for, for that position. Um, and I think from what I've from what I can gather from Swanee yesterday, there's there's um, people interested inside and outside the club. So we'll we'll sit down and try and pick the right person. Chris Fagan uh, speaking to SEN Breakfast uh, today with Jack Heverin and David King, and geez, I'm enjoying uh, that combination as well. Those boys are, are putting on a very nice show to wake up to every morning. Uh, as I said, uh, Quentin Arkell's uh, contract. Uh, has been sorted out. Uh, Brian Cook was on with Sam Edmund, who's filling in for Dwayne on Dwayne's World at the moment. And uh, this is what Brian Cook had to say in regards to Quinton Narkel's contract. Uh, uh, my understanding is that Quinton will accept a uh, an arrangement for another year or two. So that's that that'll be done. You, you'll find that um, every club is a bit different in how they how they address contract uh, publication. Mm. And uh, you know a lot of those those contracts, those extensions you were talking about, were done months ago. Yeah. Um, and we don't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, explain to our people that we've completed contracts as soon as we do it. Sometimes we, we wait because there's a better strategy involved in telling it straight away. And so um, half of, I read about half of those contracts were completed a month or two ago. Brian Cook uh, speaking to Sam Edmund on Dwayne's World this afternoon. He was also asked about Jack Stevens' exit from the footy club. Uh, that that was a uh, a joint decision. Um, you know, in the hubs, you, you you see firsthand how people live, yeah, and uh, what their challenges are. Um, and, and and in a really human and caring way, it was obvious to us that you know Jack Jack was struggling, you know, um, uh, to meet the the you know the full commitments of um, 
you know, high-performance AFL athletes and what was required and the recovery and so on and so forth. And um, we um, we met with uh, with both him and his player manager, and we agreed that maybe you know um, Jack should should look look at other things in life, um, particularly around you know his, his his physical and mental health. So they, um, they that's how it happened, and uh, it happened at the end of uh, the hub, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, uh, after the grand final. Um, and all parties uh, admitted and accepted that uh, there was probably a better alternative than another year of, of AFL football for Jack. Brian Cook on Jack Stephen exiting the football club and retiring it from AFL footy. He was then asked about uh, the Jeremy Cameron deal. Uh, it was uh, it was amazing. It was uh, I uh, yeah, it was probably the best word to describe it. It was quite messy, really messy. Um, because uh, we had like seven emails ready to go. We only had to press one, so to speak. But there was some renegotiations in the last 90 seconds around around the deal. Um, and, and it just made things really, uh, really align. I, I was quite uptight about the whole thing. And I just can't imagine how, uh, you know, Jeremy was feeling, that's for sure. But it was, it was a really tight, uh, tough, challenging last two minutes, to say the least. Brian Cook with Sam Evan on Dwayne's World today. Uh, Steve Smith spoke to Gerard Waitley, and, of course, it wouldn't be a cricket chat with any cricketer from any walk of life uh, if it wasn't about Will Bukowski. It'll be uh, whichever decision they go. It's, um, you know, the way the, the, the selectors want to do things. So, um, fortunately, I'm, I'm not making those decisions these days, and uh, we'll wait and see where we go. Is it an envious position to be in when, you, when you've got rich choices? Uh, I think it's good that there's been plenty of runs scored at the start of the, the Shield um, season. Um, uh, you know, been over in the IPL looking back, there was, you know, so many hundreds scored, which is great for Australian cricket to, um, you know, have guys being able to, to score big runs and hopefully continue to do that consistently and keep putting pressure on those guys that are in the team. Steve Smith uh, artfully getting around uh, the question in regards to Will Pekowski as well. Uh, so he, he's absolutely right. It's not his decision anymore, but there are uh, a few gentlemen whose decision it is, and it's probably the biggest one ahead of a summer that we've seen in a long time, and it's certainly probably been the most divisive, uh, not in a, a nasty way, but it certainly has everybody split right down the middle, doesn't it? I mean, you look at even where the former captains of Australian Test cricket are lining up. On the one side, you've got Langer, uh, who's the, the current uh, with his current coach. Um, but uh, as far as former captains go, you've got uh, Steve Waugh uh, on one side, Mark Taylor as well. Um, and then on the other, Alan Border, um, Michael Clark, all firmly in the Wilpikowski camp. So... You know, these are some of our greatest ever captains who um, can't get a, a, a firm a quorum between them um, and a majority decision because uh, it's split right down the middle and uh, we'll continue to take calls and text on that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number. Uh, Aaron Bain spoke uh, a little earlier today as well. We'll play that audio a little later as well. Uh, he is very bullish about Australia's chances. He's just signed a new deal with the Toronto Raptors in the NBA uh, two-year deal worth about $19 million Australian. Uh, spoke to the boys on SEN Breakfast this morning, Jack Heverin and David King. When they asked him about Australia's chances at the World Cup, I'll play that audio a little later because uh, he was very, very up and about about how we might go in Tokyo and uh, almost guaranteed a particular medal. And I'll tell you a little later about what it was. Uh, the topic I want to speak to you about tonight and ask you about is a fascinating one that comes off the back of a study uh, done 
by um, True North Research. And this is the fifth year they've done this. And um, they basically do surveys in regards to people's connection to sport and connection to their sporting team. So uh, for the second year in a row, uh, the Australian women's cricket team remains number one on the national benchmark uh, EC, which is the Emotional Connection Ladder, which assesses Australia's emotional connection to sport. Um, the Australian women's cricket team maintained that benchmark score. Um, it was the fifth time this study had been done, and, and it found that COVID and the impact of COVID it was quite negative in terms of the nation's overall engagement with sport. It lowered familiarity, the size of supporter bases, and it certainly lowered emotional connection, this study found. Uh, it said many teams have seen their benchmark EC, that emotional connection score, fall, including significant declines for the Matildas and the Diamonds. Visibility is important for teams, uh, but it is even more important for women's teams who cannot draw on long-standing relationships with the Australian sport followers. Uh, the regular exposure is required to ensure familiarity and the connection is maintained. Um, however, a team's core fan base, um, with that core fan base, the connection actually strengthened as the sport uh, became even more important to helping people get through that challenging COVID period. So um, the research found that some audiences watched less sport during that time because of their circumstances, while others watched a lot more. So while some people's connection to sport dropped off for a number of factors, uh, other groups of fans, their connection to their sport was only strengthened during the COVID period. Um, and even though we weren't able to go to sport, sometimes, in some situations, uh, people actually felt closer to their sport. So some of the insights that it found that the Brisbane Lions now have a significant lead over the Brisbane Broncos uh, in the uh, emotional connection score. Um, the Broncos saw the biggest decline in any team. Uh, the Gold Coast teams, the Suns, the Titans, uh, and also the Penrith Panthers bucked the trend and actually saw improvement in their emotional scores over the last 12 months, St Kilda had the biggest improvement since October 2018 as it has continued uh, to build on the gains achieved in 2019 uh, and this year was a big one for them. It was one of only three Winter League teams to have seen improvements in its emotional connection to its fans. Um, so the, it was a, it's a fascinating study and the details are up at truenorthresearch.com.au. But it did get me thinking and wanting to ask you, do you feel closer to sport during this COVID time or do you feel more distant from it than you ever have? Do you feel like you kept in tune with it? Did you feel like you stayed connected and stayed engaged? Or did it drift away given the circumstances of the year? And do you feel that there's work to do between you and your team and you and your sport to reconnect with each other and to reestablish that relationship? Um, I was am lucky enough to live out a, a dream I've had since I was 16 years old to, to commentate AFL footy and uh, to commentate you know, cricket and basketball, golf, various other sports. So for me, it, it, it's, it's you know, I, I live a dream every time I step into a commentary box to work. So for, from a work point of view, it felt ever-present um, and all-consuming because of, you know, needing to get prepared and through the festival of footy and, uh, there was footy every night, so we were calling, you know, sometimes three, maybe even four games a week uh, off the TV, though. So we were doing it off the TV. So even though I was still absolutely involved in footy, absolutely entrenched in footy, I actually felt less connected to it because we actually weren't there. So I'm really curious to you for your experience. Are you closer to your sport now because of what you've been through and the part it played in helping you get through lockdown and, and, and isolation and, and lonely times 
or because of what COVID brought to your world and not being able to go, um, do you feel further away from sport than you ever have? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. That's the topic I want to ask you this evening. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen or one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Your connection to sport, do you feel closer to it or further apart from it? Uh, and as we emerge out of the worst of COVID, touch wood, and hopefully there's uh, not another wave to come, but as we emerge through this period, what do you need to do to feel that engagement again and to feel that connection again? Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or on the temper text, uh, temper is a mattress like no other, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Sam Hargrave's in for Jack this evening. The number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six, And the hot topic of the night... Off the back of the fifth study by True North Research, which gets conducted into our emotional connection to our sporting organisations and teams, uh, it found that there was a real split between through the population about whether through COVID your emotional connection, your attachment to your sporting team had strengthened or weakened. Are you closer to sport now because of COVID or do you feel more? Do you feel further away from it than you ever have because of what we've been through this year? Obviously, there's been fewer opportunities to attend live sport, to interact with the players and also to socialise with your friends because for a lot of people, their sport is their social engagement uh, as well. Um, and it sort of impacts and shows the impact that the the mental and financial load of COVID had on particular demographic groups. And, and it sort of reinforces just how important the social side of sport is to maintaining our connection to it. But for other fans, it provided a necessary uh, distraction, a relief from the pandemic. Uh, so with that in mind, we kept, became at times more passionate about the sports we followed um, because that's all we had um, from a day-to-day basis. So I'm asking you through COVID and Throughout this year and where you sit now, are you more or are you less connected? Has your emotional connection to your sport increased or decreased? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Matt's in Brisbane. Hello, mate. G'day, Sam. How you going? Great, thank you. Where do you sit with this? Um, so I have had a pretty unique situation this year. So I was an AFL staff member, um, but then got made redundant because of all the changes they made. So I've been out of work since March. But when the AFL season moved or shipped up here, they got a few staff members who had been uh, on stand down to work at the AFL game. Um, so I was um, one of the ball stewards for the season. So I... Um, had to get a weekly COVID test. I would have had over, I think, about 25 tests I had for the year. Um, I saw 35 games live. I saw, I got to see every single team play. And I got to work to the grand final as well. So I've been incredibly connected to the game this year, even though I actually lost my job. Man, that's that's an incredible story. So you've lived it from both extremes, haven't you? You've you've yeah. you've you've had your connection forcibly uh, disconnected, uh, and then you've been reconnected to it, mate. Uh, it, it's a longer chat for another day that I'd love to have with you. But thank you so much for sharing your unique story uh, from this year. I really appreciate it. Sam's on the road. Sam, your version. Where do you sit with your emotional connection to sport after a COVID year? Um, yeah, good topic. Actually, I'm actually probably less connected. I actually don't really care one way or another. I've always uh, enjoyed AFL a lot. Uh, it's probably my main sport, that and basketball. 
Um, so I used to follow the NBA a lot by virtue of what my son's interests were. Um, so the NBA season finished, and so I just basically lost interest in that with playoffs. It was all disjointed. And AFL, um, yeah, it was always on TV in the background, but I never really paid much attention throughout the year to it because I'm actually so much more used to going to games mm. rather than watching them on TV. So, um, yeah, um, and, and look, you know, it depends on what unfolds next year. If it's going to be actually... Uh, um, COVID jabs or wearing masks and this, that and the other. I don't even know whether I'd bother going, to be honest. If it's going to be more difficult, I'll just bugger it, you know. I've got my AFL membership, I'll keep it, but I don't even think I'd use it. Sam, I appreciate the call and uh, I think we're going to see so many varying opinions on this and so many for so many different reasons. I mean, I think COVID was a year too where everything other than the utmost priority about Where's you know where's the money coming from and am I keeping my job and um, and how are my kids going if if you had kids everyone's unique situation sometimes for some people sport got pushed well and truly back because they just didn't have time for it it it, it had to take a, a quite a substantial back seat because there were much more pressing issues that they were facing so uh, it is an interesting study that's been done uh, check it out on their website as well Tony's in East Bentley Tony your connection to sport uh, a bit stronger than ever or never been weaker. Uh, it's stronger than ever, Sam. I've been working from home out the back since first week of March, and I've got to congratulate SEN on the way they've handled it. Listening to other talkback stations for the first week just got you so depressed. And as a long-time Saints supporter, I've got to give credit to the messages that Brett Ratton was giving out during the lockdown and when he was up in Queensland saying it's a challenge, but I know in Victoria our supporters are doing it tougher than us. And also just during the recent trade period, how Simon Leflin and James Gallagher were on the station once a week each, mm. just giving updates. And there was no nonsense, no carry-on. Like with uh, Jack Higgins, he hasn't contacted us, us yet. But if he does, we'll open up discussions. Straight, honest answers down the line. No carry-on, no, no deception. Although you could read between the lines, I'm hoping he'd ring. And that's what was really uplifting. They were just so honest and caring during the year to the supporters in Victoria. Yeah, they were, Tony. And, and, and what you're saying echoes in this study, which found that St Kilda has seen the biggest improvement uh, in its emotional connection uh, to its fans. Uh, it's uh, one of only three Winter League teams that have seen improvements year on year since 2018. So um, whatever they're doing at St Kilda is absolutely working. And you can hear it echoing in Tony's words that uh, through the actions of, of his club, he feels closer to his club and the game than ever. Um, Peter is calling from from Melbourne. Um, <laughs> Peter, somewhere in Melbourne. Hello to you. Yeah, I'm right outside uh, Idiot uh, Marvel Stadium, Jack. Look, I just want to echo what the last caller said. I'm a, a decades-long St Kilda supporter, and I think what the club has sold all of us is honesty, transparency, but most importantly, hope. And uh, and I'll go back to an event that was a tragic and sad event, and that was Danny Frawley's funeral. Mm. And uh, I went went to that funeral, and I've never felt more moved about someone who I didn't know personally, but felt like he was a dearest friend of mine. And the work the club does, the announcement of the Danny Frawley Centre to deal with things like community mental health, and to help the community as well as the club mm. is a testimony to uh, Matt Finnis. 
the administration, the board. It makes you proud to be a St Kilda supporter. And I can tell you, mate, it hasn't always been the case as a supporter you've been proud. Oh, that, Pete, that's beautifully said. Beautifully said. Echo those sentiments. Uh, Danny Frawley had that impact on everybody. You didn't need to have met him to think that you'd known him your whole life. I was lucky enough to call a couple of games with him and do a couple of shows with him. So I don't claim a professor never did to to have been a close friend or anything like that. But um, I, I'll treasure those moments that I was able to spend because you, you felt like you'd been, and the way he made you feel was you'd been best mates for, for, for your whole life because of the interest that he showed in you. Uh, and the way in which he embraced you uh, into that working environment. So um, that's wonderfully said. And you're right, St Kilda are doing some brilliant things um, in that space now as well in, in, in his name, but also um, just as a club. And you, you're the second or third person that's called through to, to, to say that they feel more connected to their club St Kilda than they ever have through this COVID time and are grateful for the work St Kilda's done in that space. And that's echoed in this study, uh, as I just said before. Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. G'day, Mark. Hey, Sammy, how you going, mate? Really well, thanks. <laughs> mate, okay, three sports. Two sports let down by admin, a little bit by TV, V8 supercars, admin, the way they rescheduled the season, the types of races they gave us, just all sprint cars. They cut our Enduros from three down to one. You know, you show up on a, you're waiting for a Saturday race that goes for one quarter of footy, and that's all you got, one, one race on a Saturday. Why no Enduros? I felt more disconnected with V8s. AFL was disconnected over that 21-day, you know, one one game every day sort of thing when we just had that 21-day straight. And we got some of the games taken off Channel 7, like Thursday Night Football and switched to Foxtel. That didn't help. But you know what did help, Sammy? What's that, SEN and the, and the horse racing yes. on the Saturday. The yes. horse, mate, Simon O'Donnell, Tags, yep. Jack, um, mate, everyone that does that that yep. does that, Paddy, and during Cam, the weekend yep, on the Sunday, yep. And even that, even that, even that Walloper over in WA that gets on. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Who's our WA friend over there? He gets on the eccentric one. He's about oh, the, six foot the six. Gostradamus. On Channel 10. The Gostradamus, Tim Goss. The Goss, yeah, yes. Even the Goss, mate. I'm telling you, I have felt never felt so connected to horse racing at all since. This has started, and I just think it's—I think the horse racing thing that you guys have done—I'll give credit where credit's due, mate. You've nailed it. You've absolutely nailed it. Uh, anyway. Well, I, uh, being a small part of it, which I'm absolutely very proud of myself, Mark. Um, I'll take that uh, and and very grateful for for your kind words on behalf of the whole team because we've loved every moment of it. Uh, we all embraced the challenge when it was set, and uh, I think it's uh, the, the proof's in the pudding. It's been a, a raging success. SEN track and um, yeah, I've loved every minute of my involvement with it. And I know all the other guys feel the same. And more importantly, I'm so glad that you did because um, racing has had a huge part to play in keeping us connected to sport because for a long time during COVID, racing was the only thing going. Chasing, pacing and racing were the only sports that were were, were ongoing. So um, we, we got around them, they got around us and we're really glad that you did too because that was the whole point of it. And um, the whole idea around SEN track is to, to, to cover the races like you would if you were there yourself on a Saturday with a, with a few of your good mates just watching them go around, maybe having a, a little play and gambling responsibly, of course, and having a laugh and having uh, a bit of banter with each other. And, um, yeah, it's uh, a tremendous amount of fun, and I'm really glad you're enjoying it. Uh, Chris, in Greenvale, your connection to sport, is it stronger through this year, Chris, or is it has it diminished? 
it's, it's definitely diminished. I have a bit of a different sport to everyone else. I'm uh, I'm well and truly into my darts. Ah, right. Yeah, so um, I play a couple of nights a week. One one is in a money league, and one's more of a social team aspect. And unfortunately, they were both cancelled um, due to the virus. Um, and then yeah, I have a lot of really close friends and stuff for it. I was playing pretty well before the virus hit. Uh, I was I was about to try out for the state team and. That got cancelled, and now now I'm really not in, even interested in it because I have nothing to practice for. I've, you know, you can play online against a computer, but it's just, it's not the same playing with your friends. Do, do you do you play at home? Uh, do you, or it just doesn't feel the same? Yeah, I've got my own board and everything set up, but you know, just throwing by yourself in a, a quiet room. Yeah, I, I can chuck some music on, but it's not the same. You know, I miss like talking to my mates, you know, just about anything. But, yeah, it's, it's just definitely not the same as, as, like, when you've got people there with you mm. or you, you've got something like a tournament or a, a massive game coming up on the weekend. It's just not the same. So I definitely feel like um, my yeah my love for the sport has definitely diminished. Well, Chris, I'm sure that once you get back there, because uh, restrictions are easing now to be able to get back into uh, to, to pubs and venues, and, of course, make sure you, you check the government websites for what they all are. I don't have them right in front of me now, so I'm not going to pretend to, to sprout them off. But make sure you know what they are. But hopefully, uh, Chris, and I really do appreciate your call, um, that once you get back in there and you throw those first couple, maybe even just yell out 180, even if you haven't scored 180, that the the love for it will flow back through you very quickly, I'd imagine, when you're in good company with good people uh, and having a good time, I think you'll reconnect really really sharply. Uh, big thank you to all your calls for your openness, for your honesty. Uh, when the study came across my desk today, I thought, geez, I'd love to speak about that and I'd love to see what other people's experiences have been uh, with it. Uh, and I just know that if you're feeling less connected than you have been, I reckon for every sports fan, the moment that you get to go back there to be around the people that you used to engage in sport with, at the sport that you engage with most, to be there to see your team, to cheer, to boo if you have to, but to, to, to jump up and down, to, to laugh, to cry and do all those things that we do and go through all those emotions that sport give us. The, the moment that you get to do that again, I think that that connection will lock straight back in. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Up next, uh, draft hopeful as we continue chatting to some potential future stars of the AFL. Oliver Henry will be up next on Time On. With Jack Heverin. 0433981116 is the temper text line. Temper is a mattress like no other. Sam Hargraves here in the chair for Jack this evening. I'm going to get to all those texts that came through about your connection to sport in this COVID year. Is it stronger or weaker than it ever has been? But we've been introducing you to some of the potential future stars of the game with the draft just around the corner on December 9th. Last night it was Tanner Bruin and we'll continue down the highway at Geelong. The, the footy factory that is the Geelong Falcons just continues to produce them year after year after year. And uh, and guest this evening uh, is a young man whose uh, brother uh, plays for Geelong. He barracks for Geelong. He's trained with Geelong. He lives in Geelong. So I can only assume, uh, Oliver Henry, that it's Hawthorne or bust for you. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, thanks for having me on, though. Uh, it's a pleasure. Now, we've got you in a study break. You've still got a couple of exams to go. What have you got uh, confronting you in the next few days? Um, luckily, there's only two left. Uh, geography and media. Well, I'm no help for you in the second one. 
Uh, geography is absolutely my strong suit. No, uh, <laughs> uh, what, what, uh, what you, when it comes to what do you have to do in those two exams, your geography and your media exam? Uh, geography is pretty um, straightforward. You've got a couple of uh, fieldwork tasks that we did throughout the year and then media as well. Uh, a lot of common sense. So, um, yeah, no, that should be good. I'm uh, of the belief that Harry Taylor, who I know is no longer at Geelong as a player, but um, I've listened to him in a couple of interviews before just be able to reel off uh, the capital cities of the most obscure countries. Have you ever sat down with... With uh, you did train at Geelong. Did you sit down with Harry Taylor and go head to head in who knows more about geography? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I haven't spoken to him about that. I'm uh, glad I didn't because he would have shown me up. Um, <laughs> I'm probably nowhere near as good as he is. Uh, well, mate, good luck with those exams. So we appreciate you taking some time away because we know how important that is. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself as a player. I've been watching some of your highlights. Uh, you're uh, the quintessential utility. You can play forward, back, uh, through the middle. I've, I've watched you kick goals. I've watched you take intercept marks in defence. I see that you like to sell a lot of candy, which I really enjoy. Tell us about who you are as a player. Um, yeah, I'll, you've said it, uh, most of the things that I like to try to do. Um, <laughs> a lot of it, uh, it's pretty much just learn, learning off my brother Jack and the oldest brother Tom. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I've played a lot of forward line throughout my juniors. So, um, yeah, as you said, I like to play a lot of forward. And then uh, Jack started to learn a lot of backline craft, which um, resonated with me, uh, I guess, in the sense that we're pretty similar players. So he taught me a lot about that. And, yeah, I was able to help the team go back for a bit last year. So, um, yeah, they're probably my two strong suits. How important has Jack been for you in a year where you haven't been able to have the really the support in terms of a playing capacity with your teammates, um, unable to get a season away in the NAB League and then no, um, obviously, uh, country championship, no championships as well from a state point of view. Uh, how important has it been that, to have that sounding board and to have someone that you can sort of turn to this season? Yeah, no, he's um, he's done really well this year, Jack, um, up in... Uh, in the hub. Um, I guess he was away for most of the time here and I actually use my oldest brother Tom a lot for my training and um, a lot of stuff like that. But yeah, no, it was good for me to watch Jack and um, barrack for him and uh, I guess he wasn't here and present but um, I still felt I could learn off watching him and I think I did and yeah, no, it was a good year for him Um, and yeah, he's enjoying it too so um, yeah, there's not much I could really do, I guess, training-wise with him. I think it's just going to be when he gets back, we'll bounce off each other in training. How have you How have you found the year? Um, I suppose, actually, I'll come back to that, but I asked uh, Tanner last night, your Geelong Falcons teammate, about uh, the combine this year and all the interviews that ensue after it. And I asked him what was the weirdest question uh, that he was asked in an interview, and he said that... Uh, he was asked in an interview with uh, it was either Adelaide or Port Adelaide, um, how would he get Jai Caldwell out in cricket? Um, what was the strangest question that you've been asked in the interviews you've done this year? Um, oh, I guess I haven't had anything uh, too surprising. There's been uh, mostly questions that I've predicted. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get anything too left of centre. So um, I think the, the main one was... Um, just how would you go against your brother in the backyard or whatnot? Um, but yeah, those are the main ones that usually pop up every now and again. Nothing too much. And what was the answer to that question? 
Uh, um, I definitely was uh, battled up by him as a younger kid, but I've grown a couple of centimetres since then, so I haven't actually tried it <laughs> since. Love to see how that one go. Uh, so, mate, tell us what kind of bloke you are off the field because that's what a lot of fans want to know. Um, they want to know, are you the person that's going to mean that Brian Cook's getting phone calls at 4am or are you, uh, you know, what kind of fella are you uh, off the field? What are you into when you're not uh, playing footy? Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like to um, play different sports like golf, a bit of basketball. Um, and, yeah, I probably wouldn't um, be the type of person to uh, do too much trouble, um, especially... <laughs> Especially like you said, um, and I, I like to spend time with my family. Um, I'm a family man, I guess. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, that's probably me to a little bit of a tea. Uh, Cal Toomey's got you going at around pick 12. Uh, and it was a bit strange, I would have thought, when you watched Geelong trade away all those picks around that mark. Because to get Jeremy Cameron in the door, do you feel they made the right choice? If you were going to go at uh, sort of 12, 13, uh, and they could have had Cameron, I'm wondering whether they've made the right choice here, uh, mate. Do, how did you feel about that one? Uh, well, I've always gone for Geelong, and if they uh, are looking to um, really win next year, I think it's a good choice for them. Um, I'm you know, supportive of whatever they wanted to do. Um, it is a business, so I can't uh, take it to heart. and. Um, yeah, hopefully my brother does well with that team. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'll just look to hopefully get another chance somewhere um, somewhere else. I was uh, I was being a bit of a smart-ass there, mate, but you answered it beautifully. Um, <laughs> well done. Um, so do you have a bit of an indication from where you think you might end up or is it still a bit of a mystery to you? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's all up in the air for me. Um, you know, as you said, a lot of people... I try to predict the draft, but um, as it happens on the night, a lot changes, so I can't really get too comfortable with any um, thoughts that go into my head. So, uh, yeah, I've got no clue, to be honest. So if uh, if fans of different teams are listening at the moment and, and their team calls out your name on draft night, what, what are they getting? Uh, what does um, Oliver Henry bring to the table? Um, I'll, I'll definitely bring uh, everything I've got to, to the year that... Um, awaits but uh yeah i'll i'll be hard working and whatever happens um happens and uh yeah i'll just see where where i can go with um what my talents are and uh the hard work that um complements that so uh yeah i'll bring everything i've got and i'll be really appreciative um to that club uh if i've got the chance I think that's a fantastic answer hey oliver we wish you all the best for the upcoming draft mate and the upcoming exams uh, in a few days' time, geography uh, and media. Uh, I'm sure you'll absolutely ace them, mate, and we look forward to hearing your name called out on, on draft night. I'm sure it'll be a really special night for you and the family. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Uh, Oliver Henry, uh, brother of Jack, and he's grown up in Geelong. He barracks for Geelong. He's trained with Geelong. <laughs> you wonder if he'll end up. Uh, at Geelong, uh, I think he's going to go pretty high. Cal Toomey's got him going at uh, at around pick 12. So uh, an out-and-out talent. I've been watching his highlights this afternoon. Uh, likes to sell candy. Takes a really strong intercept mark. Uh, dangerous as a forward. Can work through the middle of the ground. Um, using right and left foot. I like to see that. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, looks a, a really, really uh, strong talent. And 
on a number of different measurements that you might want to put on there. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Still some text to work through, and then it's Sporting Capital time after seven o'clock, and we've got a massive show in store for you. Jonathan Marsh is going to join us from the other side of the coin while we're speaking to young men about uh, what might be the most exciting night of their life, draft night on December 9. On the other side of that coin, there's players uh, for the last few weeks have been finding out that their journey with their particular club is over. So Jonathan Marsh is one of those. He's got a really interesting story about his time in football. Uh, now a former Saint, and hopefully he'll be looking to find uh, another home, either draft, pre-season, or supplement like he came to St Kilda. So we'll have a chat to him. Alan Sleewer from ESPN LA will unpack the NBA draft with us. Uh, Mick Lovett will tell us everything that goes in to the AFL record, uh, the season guide. They're working on that now. Uh, that's all still to come on the Sporting Capital. Uh, but for now, time on on SEN. Sam Hargrove's in for Jack this evening and continuing on uh, through Sporting Capital as well, which is up next on SEN. Uh, getting through all your texts from your emotional connection to sport, has it increased or decreased during COVID? Uh, Brett says, I'm completely disconnected from all sport, especially footy, never been less interested than this year. Uh, I'm a Richmond fan, mate, never been more connected to my team. Unreal. Um, great topic, Sam. Holding a Brisbane Lions family membership here in Melbourne was a strange feeling. I don't feel as connected to our Brisbane Lions this year, I reckon, mainly because we pledged our membership money um, to the club. Maybe us pledging our membership is me thinking I've done my job for the club for the year. I still watched all our games but did not feel the same, I must admit. Cheers, and that's from Big Fella. Hi, Sam. I've got my Blues membership for next year. Been a supporter for 45 years and will not go to the games if we have to wear masks. That's from Wally uh, in Werribee. Uh, lost interest in AFL this year. Such was the horrific standard of the games, but fell in love with the NRL. The quality was sensational, and there was probably only two poor teams in the comp. Uh, and those are just a snapshot of the texts that have been coming through. And I think it's right down the middle. I, I counted the calls that came through, and it was 50-50 on people feeling less connected or more connected to their team because of their own COVID situation. So it was a, a fascinating little case study of our own. If you want to go and read the full study, it's up on the website of True North Research, but it's really interesting. And some of the teams that have gained more traction and more connectivity to their fan base than those who have fallen right off the perch. Uh, and a big thank you to, for you to contributing in that conversation and for being so open and so honest and G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Uh, we'll continue having all those kinds of chats. Uh, Sporting Capital is up next. Don't go anywhere. Jonathan Mars to join me in the first hour. Mm. 